Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast. You can find us online at WTEPodcast.com. Please also be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast compiler, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever you like. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WTE Podcast. I am Mike Margulies. Today I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, and our guest today is Becky Enright. Becky is in Athens, Greece. Becky, welcome aboard to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Oh, on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's awesome to finally get to chat with you. We ha- we tried to coordinate this uh, this call for a while and uh, finally got the logistics right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to work out how long it's been, like many, many months. Yeah. Ago, finally. <laughs> but eventually we made it work. <laughs> we did. Um, so, Becky, your website is bordersofadventure.com. And basically um, what you're going for is you go to destinations that have sort of um, – that are misunderstood in different ways and you try to change perceptions of these misunderstood places. I also, I think you also are saying you go to places that maybe are well-known, but try to find the hidden pieces of them as well. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much looking at things both with um, a social conscience. So what I do is I break down misconceptions that could be based on sort of societal, economic, political issues or like topical things in the media that give things a bad name. Um, And yeah, it's very much about places that are misunderstood and that can be on the one end of the scale, places like Iran, North Korea, Palestine, and on the other, it can be, you know, cities like Athens, where I live now, um, that post, you know, or, or still the crisis of Greece, people think, you know, if I come here, well, you know, why lose my money if I book a holiday here, or or it has a bad reputation generally as a, a city, or, or it could be, you know, a town or a country as a whole. And so I go and try and break down those misconceptions and look at why they exist and basically how those misconceptions translate to tourism. So why are people staying away and and what's true and what's not? And yeah, it's a mixture of those things. But yeah, it's not always the extreme end of the scale, even though I'm known for that. But it could be, you know, it could be even Barcelona, for example. I keep hearing bad things about Barcelona. So, you know, it's just, it's a mixture. Yeah, I guess you can have every kind of city, and maybe even especially the big cities that are known, like mm. they have a reputation, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I imagine that usually, almost anything in life, even with like individual people too, right? Like you have some reputation or whatever. It's the, the story isn't necessarily the whole picture. Like the yeah. the highlights aren't like, the, the known things aren't the full depth of everything. No. Um, like, so you're in Athens now. Um, I mean, I don't know that much about Athens, but like were there certain things that struck you specifically there? Yeah, I came here last year, firstly on um, a blogger trip with some German bloggers and UK influencers too. And it was very much looking at the highlights of the city and um, looking at it as very pivotal to the recovery of the crisis in the country being the capital city. And um, I loved it. Um, it just struck me as a very artistic place. I love street art. I think lots of people come here expecting it to just entirely be this kind of classical Greek setup, a bit like I guess what you get mostly in Rome. Mm. And it isn't. There is, you know, it's very, it's very gritty in parts and edgy. And I think you either see that as extremely dirty or you see it as, as a kind of a a vibe edginess. And that's how I took it. Um, and I just do think that's it is a very misunderstood destination. It was it was perfect for me to write about and. Um, 
I was called back for a project called I'm an Athenian, where I lived locally um, and was digging even deeper into what there is to do here, um, especially outside nice. of the very central tourism points. And then I was like, you know, I actually really like it and I'm looking to slow down. I'm not ready to move back home. Um, obviously, when the Greek summer hits, it's going to be incredible. And there's going to be yeah. lots of islands and things to choose from. So, um, yeah, and I'm near the Middle East and Eastern Europe and the Balkans, which is the next part of the world I want to explore. So all in all, perfect placement for me right now. Yes. Oh, you can uh, get deep into into Greece and then also use it as a launching pad for yes. the next spots. Um, yeah, I saw, I think this is your most recent post. Uh, is it Skyros Island? Is that how you pronounce Skyros. it? Skyros. Yeah. Skyros. Sorry, Skyros. I, don't, I don't pronounce my, <laughs> my Greek is, uh, is rough. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I was looking at this article and it's like, it's really cool. Like there's these pictures um, of these dudes and cra- it's like, I don't know, like a Harry Potter almost. Like what are those guys in Harry Potter that fly around and stuff? Like these crazy looking oh, costumes. Quidditch rem- things. Or the- oh, no, you mean the, the night, the night scary people. Yeah, they, they remind me of that. <laughs> yeah, they're not scary though. No, that, that, that was like a, that's just like another example of um, away from the kind of right. extreme destination thing. Like everyone's just like, you know, Greece, glorious sunshine, great food, islands, which is how I was always, you know, yeah. um, when I came here years ago, every year, I'd come to Greece every year in my 20s and that's how I saw it. And then, you know, there's these incredible carnivals and things and people don't know about that. Um, so that's like another good example of looking at somewhere differently. Right. Um, yeah. So it was good fun. <laughs> and finding the hidden, do you find that actually, since you've been abroad and you can now like, you go to these places like Athens or I guess this isn't, this one place isn't actually Athens. It's another island, but you know, generally you're finding these hidden, like off the beaten path sort of things. Does that also, when you come back home uh, to the UK, do you find yourself now able to navigate better there and find yourself into like weirder, crazier things at home also? Yeah, I think I've always been naturally curious. It's always been in me. I don't Mm. think it's always like just a result of the blog and writing. I think, yeah, obviously with that, I I am more aware of what's going on, like what's going on around me and I do more research and things like that, but I'm super like curious and nosy and I've always gone somewhere and within limits of safety, obviously just, just wandered. And I always have a map on me, but I genuinely wander and don't look at that map until I Mm. absolutely need to get back. So that's how I've always found things, even in China and places like I go to these big cities like Xi'an and then I just wander and then I'm suddenly in this quiet neighborhood and like, you know, real, real life. And so, yeah, I think it's always been in me to be like that. So oh, okay. it's helpful, but not always when you get lost. <laughs> right. So you kind of always, always had that. About, I, I, for me, like after, it, after having traveled and I, you know, yeah, I found myself into some off the beaten path, but definitely not to the extent that you have. Um, but even the, for the traveling that I did, I found that it was, it just changed my perception of home too. Cause you know, the way I was traveling, the way I was exploring, I kind of took those learnings back with me. And now that I'm back in the States, it's like, Oh, I'm finding my way into places and things. And, that I wouldn't have found my way into otherwise because I like learned some of those skills from like just by being somewhere foreign, you know, coming back with new eyes to my own home. Yeah, so. I think it's a certain degree of confidence that comes with it. But mm. I don't I don't even think it's even getting off the, the beaten track. I'm, I'm kind of finding that phrase is really overused now. And right. <laughs> you, you used to be like, I mean, fine, you know, there's, there's people that do, you know, these fantastic treks that are just 
days long and in the wilderness and and I admire those people and I love trekking and there's certain things I would do too but I think just to get into some back streets of a city or a different neighborhood isn't necessarily off the beaten track it's actually just taking the time to just look a bit beyond the the central tourism things Mm. and just open your mind a little bit um but yeah I'm finding that phrase really kind of old now right um, and, I, and I think anybody can just grow their perspective just by having some patience and just being a bit more open-minded yeah I, I hear you on that like so it's not necessarily like you might be in a, a place that's known not and quote-unquote off the beaten path but if you're just maybe going down a different street that's not the street with like the big destination is going or just looking around you at what's yeah. going on and the, the paying attention to the details of things you might find other things that aren't the things that are maybe celebrated widely but you'll find very interesting cool things maybe everywhere yeah uh, and just sometimes even you know when you go into you know uh very local shops and things and just you know where where it feels comfortable just striking up conversations and just sometimes you find yourself yeah learning things and just all these little things that, you know, sometimes you're on a, on, on a tourist path and you're, you're there to see things and do things and, you know, you, you go to the set places and just sometimes these random conversations in themselves are just, you know, a, a beautiful part of the experience too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it, that's a, that was a huge part of, you know, my experience traveling was, it, yeah, it wasn't so much about like seeing these landmarks or tourist destinations but it was yeah that random person i'm out on the street uh, that i didn't expect yeah. didn't plan for and then just getting that conversation wow this is really interesting i'm learning something then you get off in some adventure that you didn't plan um, yeah I, I, and it's kind of like coming back to what i was like t- alluding to before a little bit it's like i'm doing that here now like i'll just in baltimore now i'm better able to my mind and my is open to this uh, experience more so i'll go around and kind of maybe i'll talk to someone i might, wouldn't have talked to previously and yeah. learn something new um yeah it definitely yeah definitely gives you confidence for sure traveling yeah yeah I, I think for sure there's something to say for yeah just going into a place with that sort of open mind and being open to experience you'll you'll find you'll find a lot of gems just in the things that just yeah. aren't the normal things um or the known things quote unquote um yeah you know I, i'm also really interested to hear um in particular about iran actually um, mm. I've never been to Iran myself, and that probably falls in the category uh, of your niche, right, of a place that's uh, misunderstood, in particular yeah. being here in, in the USA. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, things that come to mind as, for, about Iran. It's, they're usually not positive, actually. You know, someone who's American watching the news, they have not very positive views. But when I talk to people who have been there, and I'd love to hear from you, like, they have a very different mm. perspective, you know? Yeah, I think another thing that I talk a lot about is that but the problem we have with the Western media as well and, and its dominance on the, the particular facts that it pulls out and the way that it creates stories is that lots of people don't differentiate between the people of that country and their mm. government. And that's a big thing I'm always saying, like with even with my Israeli friends and Palestinian friends and um, Iranians and anybody from these countries that have these dominant governments or fascist governments or whatever's happening in these countries, that there's local people who just, they have no choice but to be under that government. Like that's their country they live in. And that we as 
tourists, as, as visitors and travelers, we we should go there and separate that and realize that, you know, there's people that are running businesses and who rely on tourism and who are really just nice people. <laughs> um, and that's a big thing I try and get across. And it was the same with Iran. And it is true what you hear about the Iranian people. They are super welcoming, yeah, very lovely, very chatty. And they want to say to you, like, you know, you're welcome here in our country. And, you know, we, we don't want these bad things said about us because we're not bad people. Um, and that's what they'll do. They, they come and talk to you. And, um, yes, yeah, so for a country with a regime, it just completely blows your mind when you're on the ground. And as much as, obviously, that regime exists in, in law and order and religion and everything around, like those those people couldn't be more welcoming. Um so yeah, it's, and obviously with the history there as well, I mean, it's just like one of the oldest, or the oldest civilization on earth. And, oh, really? And, well, yeah, yeah, like the Persian, the Persian Empire, yeah. and oh, it's just incredible. And for all of the the structures that exist there still, um, and that luckily haven't been destroyed, I mean, take somewhere like Syria, for example, where it's just, it's just disappearing. Um, Iran still retains the ancient Persian heritage, despite awesome. its modern government. So it's great. I mean, yeah, you still get to visit those things. It's just, it's, it's basically ancient Persia versus a modern Iranian government. Um, so yeah, that's the juxtaposition that you get there, this ancient beauty, but an ideology in existence. So it's a very, very interesting place. And, yeah. and especially for, um, what Americans, like you say, Americans were the only people that had to go there guided, and now British and Canadians have to go there too. I mm. think something happened in Canada, and I don't know how the Brits got put on that list too. But anyway, all three of us have to be guided, whether you're in a group or you hire a guide with a minimum of two people, which is the law. Um, oh. So it's a shame. I, I, I personally yeah. couldn't move around freely. and Yeah, I didn't even um, know that was a thing. Um, yeah, um, it just it changed, I think. A year, like a year ago, year and a half ago, hmm. um, for our, for Brits and Canadians too. But yeah, so that's difficult when I'm so used to having the freedom just to do my own thing. But at the same time, I probably saw three weeks worth of solo travel in two weeks by having things set up for me. So there's pros and cons of that. Um, but it's right. somewhere I definitely would go back to because it's such a huge country and you have like all the mountainous areas and like the far west and the far east of the country so there's so much more to see so uh, fingers crossed it will won't be too long till i go back yeah i think you can make it happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think you know all the things that you're saying are pretty consistent with what i've heard about iran like the people being so warm and um i've only ever heard positive things from people who have actually been to the country um, yeah so it's it's so it's fun it's very interesting and you know it's another thing i was thinking about uh from what you were saying, you know, so if you're American or, or British, you have to be guided, uh, you know, yeah, so it'd be nice to be able to go uh, without that kind of restraint. But I can imagine if you're uh, Iranian and you're trying to go to the US, you're gonna have an even harder time. Uh, exactly. To yeah. visit. So uh, when it's all considered, um, yeah, we, we got it pretty advantaged. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking more, and you were also making good point, you're, you know, separate the government from the people. And you can think about flip the perspective completely around. Imagine you're in a, someone in Iran and you look at, you know, the American or British government, you know, and you might pass a judgment on Americans or English people based on what things yeah. the, our governments do. But I don't necessarily think that reflects on 
you know, an American or an English person, you know? Uh, yeah, is absolutely. Weird. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I think that's definitely an uh, important, important perspective to convey to people. Um, I mean, so do you have any other, you know, top destinations that come to mind or top stories, things you'd love to, to share from your experiences? Um, I mean, my favorite places, I used to be like three or four, but now it's probably about 10, but places <laughs> that have really, I guess, stayed in, in my heart as a traveler is uh, Burma. Mm. And again, the similar kind of situation being misunderstood and um, huge um, admiration for Aung San Suu Kyi, despite there's obviously complications politically with stuff, but that's different. And um, just, I just think like, again, the people there are lovely and um, gorgeous landscape for a part of Southeast Asia that's still quite untouched. And Mm. it's, there's still, I think there's a lot of, um, which I don't like competition between travelers. Like, well, I went to Burma back in 1990 and I saw like two tourists. It's like, (laughs) well, and then again, so then my perspective is, okay, well, you know, we should be going there to support the people because these people are now having the opportunity to open up a market stall or a restaurant or a hotel or whatever they, you know, they've never had that money. They've never had the opportunity because it was military dominant. And, you know, the, the, the trade is open right. and so we should be helping them not competing with each other about who saw the less tourists i mean sure there's places in burma you can go to that you know there probably is one guest house i did it myself mm. but you know for me it's this country's opening up we need to support support that and show them that the outside world is supporting them um so burma is a really special place i literally cried on the airplane when i left burma oh. after a month um so i would definitely dying to get back there and Cambodia I lived in for about four months and I've been back a few times and that's just somewhere that is kind of heartbreaking but at the same time you fall in love with it it's a very unique pool as you probably know yourself from being there um so yeah Burma and Cambodia and um I found Israel and Palestine very interesting um very very interesting to see both sides of the coin on that right and how utterly complex that situation is and extremely and when you, complex very yeah. and you come home and you can just spend hours and hours and probably i don't know it could probably take you a year to, to wade through the the history and the the articles and the seminars and everything else on on that region um so i think it's another place that's really important to go there yourself before you kick off online at the next infotada or whatever's going on in that country i I think is a very important place to go to yourself yeah and go to the palestinian territories of the west bank or whatever you want to call it and go to israel and and meet some of the people on both sides and judge for yourself um yeah i I, I took a trip to uh, to israel back in the day actually um I, so I, I'm Jewish, and so I got to go to Israel for free on this mm-hmm. birthright trip. So you, basically the way it works is you get like 10 days there. It's like an yeah. organized trip. So I was on a bus with like uh, 40 other, um, you know, young American Jews basically. And we go around the yeah. country. I stayed like an extra week. And so the experience I had was um, obviously um, more geared toward the Israeli Jewish side of things. Yes. Although there wasn't <laughs> – I mean there wasn't really much commentary to be honest about like the, the conflict itself. It was more just like kind of – uh, yeah, seeing the country and seeing what it's like there. But um, 
you know, from what I understand, and I'm not obviously like completely the most first person in the whole thing, but it's like every conflict in the world. There's two sides to everything, and you know, yeah. I I would say my personal opinion about wars and conflicts in general is sort of like, you know, it's very easy to identify bad guys to look at the other person in any conflict, and each side's going to say, well, this is what the other person did wrong, and we all. Yeah. In our own heads, we all think we're Bruce Willis. We all think we're the hero, you know? <laughs> we all, and so if you're Bruce Willis, you can do anything you want. You're allowed to kill people. You're allowed to do it because we all cheer when he kills the terrorists at the end of the movie, you know? And that's because yeah. you're Bruce Willis. And so in everyone's mind, I'm Bruce Willis. And then we end up, you know, you know, just my thoughts. Everyone thinks they're the hero. And so therefore, the other person's the bad guy. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the ideal world, though, we'd all just love each other. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> But. Yeah, I trying to think where else. Um, I also give a lot of love to Taiwan. Um, I think in, in that kind of region where Japan, which is also one of the most incredible, incredible places that everybody everybody should save to go to Japan and Lapland like in their lifetime. There's like the two places I would say are like dream, dream, dream destinations that you should put money aside for every month to one day go to. But I think in that region... Japan kind of overshadows everything else. So I found South Korea quite boring, for example. And then there's huh. Taiwan. And Taiwan's just really starting to be on the radar now. And they do lots of cool tourism campaigns and starting to be quite known. And it's a really special place. And um, I look at it as um, like how China would be if China didn't have all of its um, particular ways. It's probably a, pol a polite way of putting it. Um, so, so if you want to see like a, 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 a kind of a, a good example of how China could be without its particular things that it does, um, Taiwan's a good example. And the people are very much, you know, we're Taiwanese, we're not Chinese. Right. We were Chinese heritage, but we're Taiwanese. They're very, right. very, very proud. Um, and and again, like very welcoming, very very welcoming. Um, yeah, similar so in Hong place. Kong, they also yeah. have a very distinct identity as well. Like they don't consider, you know, they distinguish themselves from Chinese. And Absolutely, that's a, yeah, that's very separate. Yes, yeah, yes. Hong Kong's a great place, and the same with um, Nepal. Nepal, I think, um, again, is another place I would tell everyone to put to the top of their list, and very much um, a kind of a more accessible. India kind of landscape and mm. obviously you have Everest Base Camp and the Annapurna Trek Circuit so it's an incredible place if you love nature and, and hiking so that's yeah. my top picks really and they've, they've stayed the same for like the past year I think those kind of Asia's in my heart Middle East is somewhere I'm exploring more and obviously now being in like the kind of eastern end of Europe um I guess it all fits with how I write and the kind of stories that I look to find too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, it, you know, you, and you've mentioned all these places, like diverse locations and all kinds of places in the world. And I think it goes to show like there's some beauty pretty much everywhere in the world. You can go, you can go all these different yeah. regions and you're going to find something awesome. And like the places that you've mentioned that I've been, you know, like Cambodia, I would, I'll would agree with everything you said. You know, it's like, yeah, these is, there's an amazing experience there and there's, there is uh, obviously there's the history you mentioned of the the genocide that happened um, with the Khmer Rouge, but there's this welcoming, beautiful warmth there to the people, and they're very happy. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing atmosphere, and um, and the places that you mentioned I haven't been. I, you you kind of are seconding all the things that the wonderful things I've heard about them all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think there's some travelers they go somewhere and 
them, you know, it's it's not having an open mind and wanting things to be easy, which is fine. That's why some people do choose just to have relaxing beach type holidays because mm. it is easy and without hassle. Um, but if you go to these places, you have to be prepared for the long journeys and the, the long waiting times and um, the fact that, you know, the food might not be great or the the cleanliness might, might not be up to standard. But, you know, if, if you go to go somewhere and you purposely find something to moan about, you're not going to have an, an right. open enough mind to find these beautiful experiences. And, yeah. and then, you, yeah, then you think it's a reflection on the country and it's not sometimes actually a reflection on the person's outlook, uh, um, yes, not the country. So, yeah, just go with the flow is what I say. Don't over plan and don't um, over expect things to be perfect uh, yeah nothing, <laughs> that's like the golden nothing, rule of backpacking right <laughs> no, nothing is perfect like i said today it's rained so much in athens i kind of feel like my whole life i've just assumed that greece was sunny all the time and it's not <laughs> 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 no, nothing is perfect <laughs> wow. i mean you can find the beauty in whatever you know like you're saying it's I, yeah i think if you're going in anywhere with like an expectation uh, it's so high or you um are looking for problems to have like, you're gonna find problems if you're looking for yeah. problems you know um but yeah. if you're open to experience and it's like it sounds like it's kind of a general theme to uh, this conversation and maybe your blog as well it's like you know if you're open to experience you come to a place you'll navigate your way into some beautiful amazing uh things yeah and so yeah. absolutely and that's true i think traveling that's true with life um you know <laughs> all the things <laughs> mm. so and i think it's just yeah not not sugarcoating things so i think there's some people think that all travel is going to be this dreamy experience and i could have like open my heart and my mind to everything and everything's going to be great. And it's not sometimes it's the shit that happens on the road. That's actually sometimes the things that stick with you or make you learn from stuff. And yeah, this is being prepared to take that on too. And sometimes that negativity or bad experience does come from something that's political or social, mm. economical, and, and it hits you a bit like we say in Cambodia when, you know, sometimes you just can't do anything about that situation to help those people. You can't, and but you can't walk away from a situation like that and say, "Oh, that country's bad because that's happened." Like th that particular thing yeah. is happening because it's not found the people. And but yeah, you have to take the rough with the smooth. And not all travel is dreamy. And I never sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, if you look on my Facebook page today, for example, like I've shared two pieces of like bad news. Like I I try and give my readers like oh, isn't it a shame that 24 sites in Syria have been destroyed because of the war and mm. this awful kind of news happened in the aviation industry? I'm not always going to post the the most dreamy, dreamy, dreamy things about travel because we have to learn from the other things as well. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, like that's... I, you, you see the things that are, you know, maybe the bad things that you would say have happened in a country's history or are happening now. And also you might go through an experience personally when you're traveling that was not necessarily desirable, but like that's, that is also just as much part of the experience. Yeah. Like you said, we learn from these things and that's, mm. so it's, yeah, it's really just as important of a thing for sure. Yeah. Um, so um, for you, uh, for you, Becky, uh, something that you haven't mentioned already um what's something you would like to do in your life that you haven't done yet? 
tra- what travel travel anything related? at all it doesn't have to be travel related oh. it can be anything in the universe or in your imagination <laughs> that's a bit insane um hmm i mean it's always the extreme things like you know i really want to go to antarctica or like I was thinking, mm. oh, you can trek across the North Pole. That would be really fun. Um, there's always those extreme things in my mind that I will always yeah. be open to. And, you know, if there was ever that chance of doing that kind of space travel where, like, you don't go that far, but you might just go outside of the Earth's atmosphere. The stratosphere kind of or something. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> like, I would totally do that too. Um, but only when maybe it's completely safe and other people have done it yeah someone <laughs> has to be, be the, the test subject for it yeah and I, i'm not i'm not really best friends with richard branson so i'm not kind of on that list um to go right on uh, what is it virgin space or something virgin uh, galactic or something virgin galactic yeah. <laughs> and it's like i don't know brad pitt and angina jolie are on it all those other people but i'm not a part of that group so it's not well, gonna happen <laughs> well you know it's very possible that in our lifetimes you know travel to space will be possible even affordable um you know like we're talking like let's say what do you, what's the work gonna be like in say 50 years you know exactly um, i think it will happen for sure yeah so you know we could very well be able to go to space in our lifetimes uh, and be able to even afford it possibly i mean it, it probably won't be cheap um you know but uh it might be still if you save up a bit able to hey, hit the moon or something who knows um, yeah you never know never say never they're sending but, uh, people to mars soon aren't they Oh, oh, I, I just kind of, I'm completely lost with it. It's just simply <laughs> different things all the time. But um, another thing I always say, it's always been a bit of a joke that, so one of my favorite words is revolution. All right. But not in the sense of all of, you know, the bad revolutions mm. that have caused these um, despicable regimes to come about, but in terms of great change. So I always have this um, quote that I used to use on my Facebook, it might it still might be there, which is, would one day like to start a revolution for something? Mm. <laughs> I know that something is. So in terms of the, a big, uh, I don't even want to dream or ambition is that one day just some kind of movement or revolution or revolutionary idea, whether yeah. it could be in travel or something societal or whatever, well, I can be a part of that. Maybe it's a revolution of consciousness. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> and maybe that's an evolution. <laughs> oh, it's just good. Yeah, it's just like a bad science. <laughs> I would love to be part of an evolution. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really cool goal. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I definitely relate to that. I'd like to be part of, I don't know, some, I guess for me, like just some positive change in the world. Um, yeah. I'd like to be part And of. it always comes back to like, there's that great Gandhi quote, isn't it? Like, um, be, the, be change the change you want to see in the world. See in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly that. that. <laughs> and I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, you know, I just have all these dreamy ideas of the world being a better place. Like, no, be, like, be a part of it. And right. for for me, like, I'm not saying that the work I do is is the, the best or the most perfect, but I, I want to feel that my work is making a change or at least bridging a divide between this over um, kind of sexy sugar-coated tourism versus sensationalist journalism. Mm. Um that I, I want to reach out to my readers as a normal person traveling, um, not as, um, you know, a journalist that's potentially bound by rules of a publication and and not as somebody who just wants to see the best in everything, but has that educational approach to to make people see see things differently. Yeah. Um, 
and to me like that's my way of contributing to to what I feel is like a, a need to see see people who live under these difficult situations um and to not pass judgment so easily in travel all related to travel and tourism and that industry yeah i i think you're you're doing it you are doing a part and you are helping and you're helping to uh, spread information good information that is helpful to people lets people to understand the world around them or parts of the world that they aren't familiar with a little bit better and maybe even make it more relatable. And I think you're doing a, a part in that. So uh, yeah, you're definitely doing a good thing. You're helping Thanks. a revolution of some sort, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I hope, hopefully I'm helping in some small way as well, just uh, helping, maybe just being a good person, helping to make the world nice. I, I like to think I'm helping as well in some way. Um, That's it's good. a good goal to have. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, awesome. It's, oh, this is, um, a really cool chat. Um, folks that are looking to find you, um, obviously as I mentioned, your website is, uh, bordersofadventure.com. Uh, you're also on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, Pinterest everywhere. So yeah, awesome. they're all, um, same borders of adventure. Okay, cool. So, um, what I'll do as I always do is I will compile all of the different social media links to you, uh, on the show notes, the blog post write up that will go along with this episode. So folks who are listening and you want to find Becky on all of social medias and Instagram and everything, check out wtepodcast.com. You'll find it there, or you can get to her site, bordersofadventure.com directly. And you will, uh, your links are on the top of your site as well. Um, yes. so you can find Becky read about, um, all of her various adventures and perspectives, uh, on our travels. Um, recommend checking that out. Please do. Um, and for us at walking the earth podcast, again, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher, wherever you're hearing this, you can probably subscribe. Um, we're on Facebook as well and Twitter at WTE podcast. Um, but all this information for find Becky and our show is at WTE podcast.com. And so, Becky, thank you again for coming on. It's thank nice you very chat. much. It yeah. has indeed. <laughs> and thank <laughs> you, folks, for listening. Uh, we will catch you next time. Next time on Walking the Earth podcast, Mike talks with traveling duo Kashan Patel and Daniel Lawson about their travels in Southeast Asia and other parts of the world. Tune in and check it out online next time at wtepodcast.com. dot